Hello everyone and welcome to season two, episode number nine of the Searcy Sports Show. I'm your host, Nelson Searcy. And whatever platform you're listening on today and wherever you may be listening, I hope you are having a fantastic day. And jumping right into the show today, I wanted to first go over March Madness results as the men's national championship game just finished last night between Gonzaga and Baylor and Baylor winning the men's national championship by a score of 86 to 70 with Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell really continuing to lead that team to the success that they've had throughout the season and really finish strong and to overcome the kind of second half of the season that Baylor had in terms of inconsistent playing time with COVID and some just poor play once they got back from their short hiatus due to COVID implications. Baylor really turned it on in the tournament and played really consistently well throughout, led by those guys, Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, and Marcio Teague. Gonzaga doesn't really have very many visible weaknesses, but they did a really good job of protecting the paint, holding Kispert and Timmy to 12 points apiece, where those guys are normally a humongous factor for Gonzaga on offense and defense. And Baylor just really held themselves well consistently throughout that game, and congratulations to them. On the women's side of March Madness, you got the Stanford Cardinal winning back-to-back one-point games in the Final Four and the National Championship to become national champions, so congrats to them as well. As far as my March Madness bracket went, um, it was bad, to say the least. Um, my Final Four was Illinois, who was eliminated early on by Loyola Chicago. It was Purdue, who was eliminated in the first round by North Texas. It was Iowa, who was eliminated by Oregon as well in the second round, similarly to Illinois. And my other Final Four team was Arkansas, who fell in the Elite Eight to eventual champion Baylor. And I'm honestly not super surprised that my bracket was poor this year, just in the sense that this year my versatility in terms of watching multiple conferences, lots of ranked teams... It was not as, as widespread. I watched a lot more of the quote-unquote big games, um, most of the kind of primetime weekly, big Monday kind of stuff. And I really felt like my knowledge going into the tournament was more based on highlights and speculation of how teams might do and matchup-based. So I am not super surprised, but I am I am genuinely surprised at the lack of success from Iowa and Illinois. I really thought that they played really solidly all year and that they, to my eye test, that they seemed like the two best basketball teams in the tournament. And they just did not play up to that, obviously, in those second round games that they both lost in. Iowa just really struggled on defense against Oregon the entire game. And Illinois was just very inconsistent. And Loyola Chicago shot the ball really well. And they paid the price for it. So I definitely paid the price for going against the two teams with the best record by far, and they ended up in the national championship game. So, you know, numbers, especially the really obvious numbers, sometimes don't lie, and I decided to go against them, and I got beat up for it. But congratulations to Baylor on an amazing season. Congrats to the Stanford Cardinal on an amazing season on the women's side, and I'm really excited for college basketball next year to see how things develop. 
Next up, I want to reflect really on the first weekend of the MLB season that we have just gotten and just look at three teams that I kind of wanted to talk about that were impressive to me in many ways. And the first team that I wanted to talk about is the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros in that first four-game series against Oakland looked unbelievably dominant, outscored them by 20-some runs, and they they just looked really good in all phases. And as much flack as they've gotten for the cheating scandal that occurred a few seasons ago, I think that they are really locked and loaded and headed towards a very successful season in the works and am excited to watch them play the rest of the season. But two teams that I think could be really exciting if their starting pitching can hold throughout the season are the Kansas City Royals and the Baltimore Orioles. The Royals and the Orioles have both gotten off to respective 3-1 and one starts where many fans have not really expected too much from them especially out of the gate as they're kind of easing their way into the season, have some have some youth that they're dealing with. But the Orioles and the Royals brought in some good depth in the offseason. The Royals brought in Andrew Benintendi. The Orioles brought in Freddie Galvis. And it became apparent pretty quickly that both of those teams' bats came to play, came to hit. The Royals scored lots of runs. It was like 25 runs in their first two games, and the Orioles put up 11 in their third and final game in their sweep of the Boston Red Sox. In those first two games, the Orioles pitching, starting pitching was really good. John Means pitched a one-hit, seven-inning performance, and the next game was a rookie, Bruce Zimmerman, who also pitched very well in his debut. And for those two teams, if they can really continue to channel their youth and energy balanced with that consistent starting pitching that they are are searching for, I really believe that the Orioles and the Royals could have a good chance to to show their spark. I'm not sure how strong I believe in either team yet, but it was there were plenty of good signs this opening weekend, and they are definitely fun teams to watch at the very least. And before I get into the final section of today's show, I just wanted to take a quick second, as I'd like to do in every show, to remind everyone listening to make sure you're taking care of yourself this week whether it be physically, emotionally, socially, mentally, whatever it may be. Just make sure you're doing the right things for you and those around you to just take care of yourself and others. And finally, it is a big week for all golf fans, including myself, as it is Masters Week. And I wanted to kind of give three categories of predictions for you all. And the first category being my winner. The second category being three locks to play well. This week, three golfers that I think will will definitely play well, and my sleeper pick to win. It's hard to really pick a sleeper in a tournament like the Masters with such a strong field, obviously, but just somebody who I think isn't necessarily a top, top name that I think has a great chance of winning this week. And I will start with my winner. My pick to win the 2021 Masters tournament is John Rahm out of Spain. John Rahm is currently ranked number three in the world and actually just recently had his first child, him and his wife. Congratulations to him. And I think that and I think that kind of riding on that emotional high of having his first child, he's played very well this year as he has for the past few seasons. He's performed well at Augusta before. I think that he's primed to really take that first major championship, and I just really see him playing well this week. Very steady driver of the golf ball and I imagine that he'll be rolling in quite a few putts, and I think that he will just ride that good golf and good off-the-course situation into a Masters win. And next, my second category, the quote-unquote play-well locks 
I have Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, and Dustin Johnson, all for, I think, very good reasons. Um, Jordan Spieth, just coming off last week's win at the Valero Texas Open, his first win in a few years. Jordan Spieth has played very well this year, kind of a resurgent year for him, and obviously Augusta is a comfortable place for him. A couple top finishes, including a win in 2015, and I think that Jordan Spieth will ride that kind of comfortable wave and play well this week. Same thing with Justin Thomas, a very solid season thus far, including a player's win a couple weeks ago, and I think that Justin Thomas is very comfortable at Augusta, and I think that he will play well as well. And you can't go wrong with picking the number one golfer in the world, Dustin Johnson, to play well as well, especially considering he just won at Augusta National in November. So those are my three quote-unquote play well locks of the week. And then heading finally into my last category, the sleeper pick for me is Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler has been hitting the ball really well. He just put up a great performance two weeks ago in the WGC Match Play Championship in Texas. And I think that Scotty Scheffler will kind of ride that good play. And I really think he has a good chance to win this week. He's paired up with Tommy Fleetwood and Phil Mickelson, two guys who really keep the air light. So this first couple of rounds, I think that Scotty Scheffler could really just relax, enjoy his situation, play some good golf, and set himself set himself up well for the weekend. And with that, that will conclude today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great week watching the Masters and enjoying another amazing week of sports ahead. Just a reminder that you can find the CRC Sports Show, this podcast, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, as well as finding the show on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, by searching the name The CRC Sports Show. This has been your host, Nelson Searcy, signing off. 